You're listening to the Scottsdale Podcast, which features our Sunday sermons. If you would like to learn more about what God is doing in the life of Scottsdale Baptist Church, visit our website at scottsdale.org. Enjoy and be challenged by the word of the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to Scottsdale Baptist Church. My name is Jeff, and I get to serve here on staff as one of the pastors. We are so glad that you've chosen to join with us this morning. If you're watching us online, we're so grateful that you choose to invite us into your home each and every week. And if you're with us in the Cross Point Center, thank you, thank you, thank you for your investment in seeking to reach others in our community uh, with the gospel by opening up space all across our campus uh, as we join God in his work of transforming lives. Uh, today we are starting, or we're ending our series on Ecclesiastes, but before we talk about that, I want to let you guys know what's coming up next week. Next week we start a new four-week series called Renew. Renew is going to be a series that looks at four ways that God's word calls us towards personal renewal in our own lives. So it's going to be an opportunity for us to think about that, to, to look at God's word, see what he has to say, and for that to transform us as we seek to walk faithfully in the life that God wants us to live. Now, today we are finishing our series on Ecclesiastes, uh, and this has been just a, a personal time of reflection for Solomon, uh, the richest, most powerful, wisest man in all the world at that time, who had the most powerful country in the world at that time. But it's much more than just Solomon's personal diary. It is the word of the living God. And it's inspired by the spirit of God. So it's not just for Solomon or for the people of his day. No, it's for us today as well as it's been given to us through centuries of God protecting that so that here today we could hear what God's word has to say for us. Now, this has been an experiment as we think about it in Solomon's life. He has spent time trying to find the meaning and purpose of what this life means. And he sought it in several ways. We looked at these. He sought for it in materialism but he wasn't able to find it. He sought for it in intellectualism, but he wasn't able to find it. He sought for it in hedonism, and it still wasn't there. And he sought for it in secularism, and he still could not find the meaning and purpose in life whenever he just looked at it as living life under the sun. Just a purely horizontal way to find purpose and meaning, Solomon couldn't find it. We saw this all the way up to chapters nine and 10 where Solomon begins to make a turn in his life where he begins to reflect on things a little bit differently. And then now we get to chapters 11 and 12 today where Solomon is going to speak to us in these final words to kind of two categories of people, to people who are younger and to people who are older. And in this time that he talks to us as older and younger people, he's gonna tell us how we need to live together in a way that honors the Lord in a way that can benefit one another as we seek to walk faithfully in this world. Because as you know, the generational gap is a real thing. You can think back in your life and remember that whenever you were younger, you thought that the older people just didn't know what in the world was going on. Whenever you were older, you look back and said, I can't believe those kids. We know this is a real thing. We know that it happens. And if the older generation and the younger generation don't work together, then we see how it's so easy to misunderstand one another and not actually walk together in life. And so what we decided to do this last week was our own little experiment. So if you'll turn your attention to this screen, we have a great experiment so you can see this firsthand. Hey, thanks for coming in today. We're taking a minute to discover the differences between how generations experience life. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and you're gonna answer with what you think it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is be real? Be real is being real. Um, 
being what you are and who you are and what you're supposed to be. Be Real is an app where people will post something about their life and you have to like take a picture of that moment of exactly what you're doing. What does no cap mean? No cap? I guess my pistol won't fire. <laughs> I'm from the old school, so to me that would mean no capitalization. No cap means no lie, you're telling the absolute truth. No lie. <laughs> what does full send mean? Full send? Full send. Full sun. Send. Okay. <laughs> it used to be a prison, but now I don't know what it is. Full sun prison. I guess when you're um, texting or emailing someone, that you're sending the whole thing that you've typed. Go for it. To just go with it without even thinking about it, without a second thought, just doing it. What are yellow pages? Oh, that's the business section of a telephone book. I think it sounds like something to do with taxes. Um, they are books with, like, people's addresses and things on them. Yellow pages in a, in a, in a, a telephone book that you find businesses in. Who is Dick Van Dyke? Dick Van Dyke is a movie actor in the 60s and 70s. Oh, he was a comedian, played in The Sound of Music. I think he was, he was um, one of the, like, plane, plane drivers. Um, I don't know if I forgot that word. That pilot. pilot. Mm -hmm. He was a pilot for, um, in, like, World War I or World War II. Identify this person. Can't remember his name. What does he do? He's a millionaire. Got a lot of money. Yep. He's an actor. I don't know his name. Elon Musk. Easily. Elon Musk. Very good. That's all. Now, you guys know that to be true, don't you? That that seems like we talk over each other, we talk around each other. It's oftentimes that we don't talk to each other and get to know each other as older and younger generations. That's a funny example of it but we see that it can have some very serious implications in our lives. So today, as we jump into God's word, I want to invite you to meet me in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Uh, we're gonna be moving through these two, these two chapters, 11 and 12, relatively quickly today, um, but we're gonna ask God to bless our time together, and then we're gonna see what this a wise older saint has to say to us today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we have the opportunity to gather here as your people to hear from you, our God. And we pray that as we spend time together, that you would work in our hearts to transform us to be more like Christ. In his name we pray, amen. So he starts with words to the young. So what is the first thing that Solomon tells us, or to, if I include myself in that generation, uh, and tells the young, he says, first, life is uncertain, embrace it. Life is uncertain, embrace it. You know, in, in this passage, Solomon has reminded us over and over and over again that there are things in life that we can't control. He tells us that there are injustices, that there are disasters, that there are challenges, that there is death. And these things are things that we cannot control. So the question that he's trying to help us to learn is, is what do we do in the midst of those, those things that we don't understand? How do we live life above the sun and beyond the sun in times where we don't know exactly what to do? He tells us in these six verses, four truths to help us embrace life fully. The first thing he tells us is this, instead of protecting yourself, 
Give yourself to others. Notice how he says it in verse one. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Now, most of us, this kind of goes over our head, but if you think about Solomon, he was a man that owned many, many ships. And oftentimes what he would do is he would send these ships full of grain to places all over the world. And as they went to those places, they would inevitably come back with riches and blessings. And so what Solomon is encouraging us to do here is to give ourselves away, give ourselves to others. And we see this helpfully in the area of developing authentic relationships. Vulnerability with people is a hard thing because it's, an uncertain, it's uncertain as to what we're going to return back. And what Solomon is saying is give yourself to others rather than protecting yourselves. Invest in relationships where you have to be real for real. Like you actually have to be real with people. The second thing he tells us is this, instead of hoarding your stuff, invest it in others. Instead of hoarding your stuff, invest it in others. He says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. For you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If we used contemporary language, he's saying this, diversify your generosity. Diversify your generosity. Be generous to more than one person. Be generous in multiple ways. Uh, In our contemporary language, this is what we see. And we also see people in our world that define success in terms of giving. Notice what Henry Ford says. Henry Ford says this, most people think in terms of getting success. However, begins in terms of giving. Success, however, begins in terms of giving. Now, somebody that's more important than Henry Ford says it a little bit better. Jesus says it this way. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But when times are unexpected, when things are unexpected in our world, we often find it easier to live by a different cultural mantra. A cultural mantra that says something like this, get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on your can. (laughs) Try to keep it all to yourself. Don't let anybody have the things that you have. Try to keep it all because in that you can protect yourself. You can hoard it all and then you can be safe. But what we see is that God has given us all treasures. He's given us time, talent, resources. And he tells us that whenever we hoard his provisions, we hinder our ministry in the world. He encourages us to invest in others. Third, he says this, instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity, pursue life now. Instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity, pursue life now. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. This is an inevitable. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. This is unplanned. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What he's saying is this. Life presents inevitabilities that we can't control. Whenever the clouds are full of rain, it rains. How many of you have ever been able to stop the rain from falling out of the clouds? None of us. It's inevitable that whenever we see that coming, it happens. And it's also times in times of seemingly random situations where we don't understand it or we can't plan for it, there are challenges. When the tree is going to fall, That's where it's going to fall. 
And, and he's saying that you can't always plan for that. But oftentimes, we live in such a way that we try to, we try to cover every single contingency before we make a decision. We have to know how this is gonna work out. And if this doesn't work out right, then how is this gonna work out? And we find ourselves in what we call analysis paralysis. Has anybody ever been there? Where you don't know, yeah, we have been there. Where we wanna, we wanna make a decision, but we just go through so many scenarios in our mind that we end up not making a decision at all. Solomon is telling us as young people and even as older people, pursue life now. The fourth thing that he teaches us this, instead of walking in fear, work in faith. Instead of walking in fear, work in faith. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. And at evening, withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. He's encouraging us here as we think about things in our lives, things that we don't know all the answers to, things that we don't know all the reasons for, just like we don't know the path of the wind or that we don't know exactly how the tiny bones of a baby are formed in a mother's womb. There are things in this life that we will not understand and we can either walk in fear, being fearful to do anything, to plant or to sow or to, or to reap, or we can work in faith. We can work diligently and we can trust God with the results. It's as if Solomon is saying, be diligent and not dreadful in your lives. Work diligently and trust God with the results. You know, I recently read somewhere uh, that in Alaska, there is a sign uh, in Alaska that says this, choose your rut carefully. You'll be in it for the next 200 miles. Now in Alaska, it's because there's a lot of snow, but I would venture to say that many of us have probably walked in here living in a rut. One of these four things, one of these four areas are maybe the rut that you're in today. Maybe you find yourself protecting yourself instead of giving yourself in relationships with others that are going to encourage you and build you up. Maybe you're hoarding your resources and God is saying to invest it in others. Maybe, maybe you're walking fearfully. Maybe you're you're stuck in analyzing what to do next. And God is telling us today to get out of the rut. It's time to embrace the life that I've given you. It's time to embrace the opportunities before you and to start living in a way that looks beyond the sun for meaning and value and purpose. And some of us might think, oh, that sounds too reckless for me. That just sounds like not gonna do that. What he's not calling us to He's not calling us to recklessness. He's calling us to faithfulness. He's calling us to take steps of faith and trust that God, who is a sovereign and good God, will lead us and guide us in the direction that he wants to go. As we surround ourselves with other people who can encourage us, young people, we're surrounding ourselves with older saints who can encourage us in a way to walk, we will continue to walk in a faithful way. So not only are we to recognize that life is uncertain and we should embrace it, the second thing that he tells the young people is this, life is short, enjoy it. Life is short, enjoy it. Now throughout this, this book, Solomon has alluded to, and not only alluded to, but he's given it to us in very frank terms that life is brief. 
He's used words like life is a vapor. He's talked about a puff of smoke. He's talked about other things that help us to see that life is short. And he tells us throughout this book to enjoy life, to enjoy the food that God has given us, to enjoy the friends that God has given us, to enjoy laughter that God has given us. And as we think about that, as we get older, Sometimes we make decisions differently as it relates to enjoying life. I heard a story of a lady who was progressing in life and instead of kind of enjoying the things that she had in the past and buying things the way that she had, she started making some different decisions. Instead of buying the Costco bulk brands of toilet paper, she decided to start buying one roll at a time because she didn't know how much longer she had. Instead of buying bananas that were green, and hoping that they would ripen, she would just buy ripened bananas because she didn't know what the next day may hold. Sometimes that's how we live our lives. I just am fearful about what's going to happen next. And so Solomon tells us that we, particularly young people, should enjoy their lives. Notice how he tells us with the first piece. He says, experience life fully. And he tells us this in the next verse. Experience life fully. Yes, right. Each day fully. Life is sweet and is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. It's like Solomon is saying, it's good to be alive. Life is sweet. It's good to be alive. The psalmist says it like this in Psalm 118, 24. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Each day is a gift given to us by God to be used experiencing him and enjoying him fully. We can do that in multiple ways. We can experience each day fully in communion with God, getting up each day and celebrating that we are alive and that God is good We can celebrate each day and experience it fully by finding God in his word and studying his word, by seeking him in prayer, by experiencing each day fully with our friends and our family, by being present and involved with other people. It's as if Solomon is saying, don't waste your time, redeem it, use it, experience it fully. But not only does he say that to us, he also tells us to enjoy your youth thoroughly, enjoy your youth thoroughly. Notice what he writes. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. How often do we look back or look ahead for the good days? How often do we look ahead for the things that we think are going to be good? Remember in your lives, when you were 15, you wanted to be 16 so that you could drive a car. When you were 17, you wanted to be 18 so that you could graduate high school and maybe get out of your parents' house. When you were 25, you wanted to get married, even though you were in a state of singleness and you were enjoying the Lord, you wanted to get married. Whenever you were married for a few years, what did you want to do? Have children, right? (laughs) Walked into that one. 
Whenever your children were small, what did you want your children to be? Grown up, because then they could reason with you, right? (laughs) Oftentimes, we look ahead for the good days. We look ahead and we waste and bypass the times that God has given us today. I would assure you that if you talked with an older saint, as a younger person, they would say, don't waste that time. Don't rush the time that you have. Enjoy each day fully. Because young people, your responsibilities will never be lower than they are right now. And your energy will never be higher than it is right now. And so today, God has given you an opportunity to enjoy your life. He calls you to enjoy it fully. Now, our culture tells us that to enjoy life means to enjoy it sinfully. We use the term sowing your wild oats, which is, for us that aren't farmers, goes over our heads. But God doesn't call us to enjoy our youth sinfully. He says that every single act will come into judgment. He gives us his word that guides us and guards us because he knows what's best for us. We can thoroughly enjoy our youth in a way that honors God and never regret a moment of it. This is what God calls us to, enjoy your youth thoroughly. But he gives us a last point. He says that we are to express our faith thoughtfully. We're to express our faith thoughtfully. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Now, whenever we see this word remember, it's not calling us to like a nostalgic remembrance, like, oh, I remember God. Or God is like a good grandpa. That's not what the picture that he's trying to give us here is. No, the word that he uses is a word that drives our minds towards commitment and towards involvement. He's saying, be committed to the Lord in the years of your youth. You will never regret that commitment. Give yourselves to the work of the Lord from your youth onward. It's something that you will never look back on with regret or with discouragement. You will only find joy in that. Now, it's easy for us to waste our lives. At 15 years old, at 20 years old, at 30 years old, we look out and we say, man, there's so much time left that I can enjoy. So much time that I can do stuff. And so oftentimes we mindlessly allow our lives to slip away. We mindlessly allow our lives to slip away rather than enjoying the life that God has called us to and expressing it in a way that is thoughtful. Years ago, a Puritan preacher named Jonathan Edwards wrote some resolutions for his life, what he would do in his life. And one of those resolutions was this. He says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. His resolution was this resolved that I will live just as I can think I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to old age. The way that I think that I should have lived it whenever I'm old is how I'm going to live my life today. If I can look down the history of the portals of time and see how I wished I would have lived my life, I'm gonna start today and I'm gonna live that way so that at the end, I don't look back with regret. I don't look back saying, man, I squandered it. Man, I wish I had it to do over again. But to say, God, I did exactly what you wanted me to do. I did exactly what I set out to do with this life that you have given me. Now, if you're here today and you're, you're a part of the older crowd that says, I wish I would have lived this way. 
This isn't a time for you to become discouraged or despairing and say, you know what? I just wasted it. No, there's an encouragement for you here today. You see, there is still time for you to enjoy life, to express this life fully, to express your faith thoughtfully, to be engaged and active in growing in God's word. And for those who are older, we have a great opportunity to encourage the younger people in our lives, to encourage them to enjoy life, to not waste it, to to pursue life and embrace it, even in the midst of challenges that they may face, to help them to see that there is a better way to live than what our culture tells them. You have an opportunity today to be involved in what God is doing in the next generation. And God's word calls us and invites us to be a part of what he's doing. Now he turns the attention for us to the older people. And he gives us two words to the old people, to the older people, not to the old people, to the older people. (laughs) First, he says, life is difficult, endure it. Now you might think, that's not encouraging. (laughs) But have you ever... Have you ever looked back on somebody and said, I wish I would have listened to them when they told me this. I wish I would have listened whenever that person told me not to take that job. I wish I would have listened to those people that told me that marriage wasn't going to be easy and that there was going to be some work involved. I wish I would have listened whenever they said, kids bring new challenges in your life, but they're great challenges. You know, sometimes I think, that we often probably look back and think, I wish I would have listened when they told me that I was going to get older. Because all of us probably thought, that's never gonna be me. That's never gonna be me. I'm never gonna get older. I'm gonna be this way until I die. I'm gonna be this way until I go forward. In fact, it's big business today. If you think about it, billions of dollars are spent each and every year for people to try to convince themselves and convince others that aging isn't a real thing. But Solomon and the Bible are so very real with us. They say that we are going to get older. We are going to experience changes in our lives. There are going to be challenges that come along with that. And instead of being discouraged, we can, we can endure those times. We can grow through those times. And so let's look and see how Solomon describes the effects that sin in the world has on our bodies. First, he talks about our minds. Remember their creator in the days of your youth, Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. What he's talking about here is how as we get older, our minds get less and less sharp. How things become less and less clear to us the older we get. Some of you have experienced that in your own lives. And you know that in those times, there can be discouragement that comes with that. So not only is he talking about the clarity of our mind, he's talking about our disposition and how we can be driven towards discouragement when he talks about the clouds returning after the rain. You know, whenever you, uh, you see rain and it rains uh, in your area and there's clouds, you hope that in the next few moments, those clouds are gonna disperse and the sun's gonna shine back through and all's gonna be right again. He's saying that as we grow older, sometimes those clouds just seem to sit. Rather than the rain coming and the clouds dispersing, the rain comes, there's challenges, but the clouds just don't seem to go away. Some of you know what that's like. And, and Solomon is reminding us that this is an aging process. This is what happens in our lives. And so as he says these things, he knows that our smiles might go away. Where we might have thought joyful thoughts, now we are a little bit discouraged. And so he tries to lighten the mood a little bit when he talks about our bodies and what happens 
with those. Notice what he says in verse three. He says, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble, he's saying you're gonna get older and your hands are going to shake a little bit. He says that you're, the strong men are bent. Your, your knees and your legs are gonna get a little bit weaker. He says the grinders cease because they are few. Now what he's talking about here is that there's a good chance that the uppers aren't gonna match the lowers all the way through and that your teeth are gonna begin to fall out. And those who look through the windows are dimmed. Your eyesight begins to go. And the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. You're gonna start not being able to hear just as well as you did before. And one rises up at the sound of a bird. You can't sleep. It's three o'clock and nothing has happened and you just wake up for nothing. Some of y'all know what that's about. All the daughters of song are brought low. Your voice begins to lose the power and confidence that it once had. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. You're afraid of climbing up ladders and driving around town. The almond tree blossoms. Your hair turns white or turns loose. That's what he's saying whenever he talks about this. The grasshopper drags itself along. So you know the shuffling of the feet, though they're on their last leg. That's kind of the picture that he's giving of the grasshopper. And desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Numerous desires that you once had are gone. He also says, before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. You see, Solomon is talking about the end of our days and you think, this is not very encouraging for me today. This is what I have to look forward to. My hair is falling out. My teeth are falling out. Solomon is going to get set up. If we could just put him on the circuit to go around to every retirement home in the world, he would have crowds and crowds flocking to him, I'm sure, because of this encouraging message. But the reality is it's not just for older people that experience this. If you're 35 years or older, you may be feeling that, that weight today. And for many of you, these verses aren't just theoretical verses. They're not just things that you think about. There are things that you feel in your body. You feel the weight of these verses today. Maybe when you woke up at three o'clock this morning, you started thinking about the things that ached that didn't used to ache. You think about the challenges that you face that you didn't use to face. And again, I'm not just talking about the older people, those that are 35 years old and up. I mean, I'm, I'm getting there with you guys my hair is turning white or turning hopefully not loose in the near future, but we know what this experience is like. But what I want us to consider just briefly is that the word endure doesn't mean to give up or to resign ourselves to this life, to resign ourselves to some downward fall or spiral of life. No, it doesn't just call us to resign ourselves. He calls our, us to engage. Look back in your Bibles just for a moment. In chapter 12, verse one, he says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Then skip down to verse six. We're going to, there's an implied remember also your creator because he says, remember also your creator before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain. He's talking about the end of our days there. 
Before those days, before that day, focus your attention on the Lord. Focus your attention on what he has for you to do. Don't retire from ministry, he's saying. He's saying you have years of fruitful ministry ahead of you. Embrace the opportunities that God has given you and use those to the fullest of your enjoyment. Be involved in the work of the ministry. There is still much to be accomplished because what he's helping us to see is that for the believer, even death is not the end. Even death is not the end. Notice what he says. And the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. You see, we can take a despairing, discouraged view of aging. We can say, oh, I'm just gonna get old and I'm just, it's just not gonna be as great as it once was. Now, it might be different than it once was. It might be different. But what he is saying is this. Oftentimes, we look back on our lives with regret rather than remembering where we are going for eternity. We need to focus our attention on the fact that where we are going is better than where we have been. And so we do not give up hope. We do not quit. We continue to engage in fruitful ministry as we move forward to our eternal home. He's calling us not to endure it in a way that shrinks back in fear, but stands firm in faith. He encourages us to continue to pursue Christ until the very end. He tells us these two things as a way of reminder. Remember that we aren't getting any younger, so don't waste the remainder of our time. And remember that we are living for eternity, not for the temporary. We're living for eternity. And this is an opportunity for older people to engage and invest in younger people, but younger people, this is an opportunity for you as well. Sometimes it's easy to look at older people as a burden rather than seeing them as the blessing that God has intended them for in our lives where we can encourage them. We can help them to stay strong until the end, to help them to press on and pursue the Lord until their very last breath. You see, God has designed his body in such a way that intergenerationally, we are to work together to accomplish the ministry that God has called us to, to engage together, older people, younger people, encouraging one another to be faithful to Christ. We know that one day as younger people, we will walk through difficulties. It's an opportunity for us to encourage and be encouraged and how we can do that. This brings us to our final encouragement from Solomon today. Life is meaningful, impart it. Life is meaningful, impart it. As Solomon winds this book down to its end, what does he leave us with? What does he leave us with as kind of a final reminder and an encouragement for us today? He talks about how it's so vital to pass on the faith from one generation to another. One writer says this, the church is always one generation from extinction. Now we're not talking about the church as a whole. We're talking about individual churches are always one generation from extinction. So what does Solomon leave us with so that we can guard the truth, the gospel from one generation to another? The first thing he leaves us with is this, that as older people, we are to pass on absolute truth. We are to pass on absolute truth. 
Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words and what he wrote was upright and true. We are called to pass on the timeless truths of God's word from one generation to another. We see Solomon was able to understand truth and then he made it understandable to those who he was leading. He, God is challenging the older, the older generations not to give up on the younger generations and their pursuit of truth, but to enter into that and help them understand what God's word has to say about life and living. So the question for us today, are you willing to open your mouth to pass on God's unchanging word? As an older person, are you willing to open your mouth, pass on God's unchanging word to the next generation? The second thing that we see here is this, that we are to pass on life experience. We are to pass on life experience. Because the words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. See, when we watch the lives of faithful believers who have gone before us, their testimony of faithfulness acts like goads, which are like little sticks that they use to prod animals along. They, they, they prod us along. They give us the right direction. They encourage us in the right way. And then they also act like nails that help us to, to center and to stabilize our lives in a way that is unshakable and immovable. Oftentimes we think that one more book will help, but God is saying to the younger generation, and to the older generation. There are volumes and volumes and volumes of life experience that are waiting to be shared to the next generation. The question for us is this. Are you willing to open your story to someone who wants to learn? Are you, older generation, willing to open your story to someone who wants to learn? The third truth that we see is this. That is the older generation, we are to pass on reverence for God. We're to pass on reverence for God. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. I love the way that David Jeremiah describes this. He says, to fear God means to be struck with awe in his all-consuming holy presence. To stand always and forever in breathless exaltation of who he is and what he has done and how vastly and infinitely his greatness overshadows our brief, vaporous existence. Older generation number one, are you enthralled with the God of the Bible? Does he have your heart? Has he captured your affections and your love and your desires? And then the next question for us is this, are you willing to express your devotion so others know Christ is worthy? Are you as an older generation willing to express your devotion so that others know that Christ is worthy of your all, worthy of our lives? The fourth thing that we see is this, that we are to pass on obedience, pass on obedience. Notice how Solomon writes it. We're to fear God, his devotion, and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. You see, true devotion always leads to a life of obedience to keep God's commandments simply means this. We find out what God wants us to do and then we do it. It's pretty simple. 
And so the question for us as older people is this, are you willing to pursue a consistent pattern of commitment for others to follow? Are you willing to pursue a life consistently patterned by commitment so that others will be able to follow? Will you live in a way that people look and say, man, that person is walking faithfully with the Lord. That person is living their life by doing what God calls them to do. The last thing that we see here is this, that as an older generation, we are to pass on standing face to face with God. Notice what Solomon writes. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. He says, Solomon leads us in the end of this. He leaves us with a sobering message that one day every person will stand before a holy God and we'll be accountable to him for everything that we've done. The things that everybody has seen and the things that only we know that reside deep in our hearts that we hope nobody ever finds out. All those things God knows. All those things God will hold us accountable to. It's kind of a heavy ending, but it's such a hopeful ending because here's the reality. God doesn't just leave us in a place where we just look at that day with dread. He's made a way for us to look at that day with delight. He's done that by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to die in our place so that by faith in him, by confidence in his word, by trusting in him, All our sins can be forgiven. All those things that you wish nobody ever knew about and God already knows about can be wiped away. And you can have your life credited with Jesus's perfect righteousness. And so you can stand on that day confident that you will be accepted by God. This is the call that he has to us today. And the question for us today is this. If this is true, are you willing, older generation, to share the message of the gospel so that others might be saved? Will you remember that that day is coming for every person that you encounter? And will you be willing to share the gospel so that others might be saved? You know, for us as younger generations or for us as older generations, it might be easy for us to disconnect. We might say they're just a lost cause. It's just hopeless in whatever direction we think about it. But God is saying, no, there is vital ministry to take place between older people and younger people, all for the glory of God. And so as we come to the conclusion of this series, we come to the conclusion of today, what is it that God wants to leave here thinking? What is it that he wants us to leave here pondering as we kind of wrap up this whole series? As I thought about that, I thought about the pastor of the church that I served at, the first church that I served at. He's an, he was an older gentleman then, and now he's an even older gentleman and he has, his memory has faded. He doesn't remember things that he once did, and I'm sure he never thought that he would forget. His vigor has faded. His outlook and strength have been depleted. But the words that he would oftentimes end messages with or end conversations with still ring loudly and clearly in my mind. This is what he said. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. This is the message that Solomon is saying to us. You have one life. It's gonna be gone in a vapor. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so the question for us today is this. What are we doing 
with this life? What are you doing with this life today? Is it passing by and being wasted or are you investing in it for the glory of God? If you're here today and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus, you've been with us for some time and you know that one day you will stand before God and you're saying, what do I do now? God says, come to me. Just come to me. I've made a way through Jesus for you to have a right relationship so that you don't rest, waste the remainder of your days and you can stand confidently before me in all eternity. He says, come to me, surrender your lives, give them to me so that you can enjoy true life. For those that are believers today, he calls us to embrace our lives, to use them for his glory. He calls us to enjoy what he has given us and not waste our time. He's called us today to endure and to commit our lives to him from now until the day that he calls us home. And he's called us today for us to give that to other people. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We pray that as we finish this series, that you would challenge us to live our lives beyond the sun for the glory of Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope that God uses this message in you to transform you more into the image of Christ. If you have any questions about our church or you want to learn more about Jesus, visit our website at scottshill.org slash next steps. Till next time.